Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank. I'm Chad Parsons. He is Jordan McNamara, and we share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Big three thoughts coming into week 10. Season is flying by, and a reminder, dynasty trade deadlines, it might vary by your league. So make sure you're checking that out on a weekly basis. You know which ones are coming up sooner rather than later. And one of our big three thoughts for the week is buying studs. You know, we are head hunting and we are stud hunting on a regular basis. And we had a number that have ambiguity in their profiles. Patrick Mahomes coming off a down week. We got Justin Herbert. Apparently he's horrible and he might be having a down season. So this window may extend into the off season a little bit. You've got studs at the wide receiver position and the older variety. Sometimes you can get the biggest discounts guys like Cooper cup. Uh, Devonte Adams questions about their situation. So Jordan, this is a prime time of you're pushing for the playoffs. You're pushing for buys. This is money time of the season. And you have big profiles, big fish like that, that could be accessible more than previous weeks. Seek elite results, Chad. Like you got to be in on guys like uh, Mahomes. You got to be in on guys like Herbert and, and, you know, I mean, heck, uh, Josh Allen apparently is, is, is going through a little bit of the ringer. Like, again, I don't think that those are truly happening, but you have to look, right? You have to be in on that. And again, and, and if if this is the week, instead of paying 140 cents on the dollar that you're paying 120 cents on the dollar for one of those deals, like you got to be in on that. So again, never miss an opportunity to, to be in on one of those guys when they're down. Um, again, we're getting Kyler Murray back and bought him at, at you know at thrift shop level prices earlier on this uh, this off season. Uh, that is you know certainly capable of a big turnaround. We see it with guys that are performing down all the time. You got to be in on that again. Dak Prescott, a guy we talked about being down earlier on this off season, right? He's had a good bounce back, um, and is is leads the league in expected touchdowns, right? And still, I think uh, is is producing below that. So you could see even more production here coming down the stretch. So that's always a rule and it's important when it's the quarterbacks to be in on it. Yeah. And I think, you know, Justin Herbert, I I threw that in and passing, but you know, if he at, actually is having a down season and this doesn't overtly turn around over the next couple of months, again, that's a buying opportunity. It's not, you know, this is something that, Oh, late first round of a startup draft, Justin Herbert. Uh, that sounds pretty good to me, you know, instead of getting him at one Oh four, one Oh five prices, all of a sudden it's eight, nine, 10, you know, somewhere in there in spots because he actually has more turnover worthy plays to than big time throws right now. So that is a, that's a Justin Herbert thing, but keep in mind, he is going to be stabilized. What is around him, the coaching staff, uh, heads can roll, you know, and things can change rapidly, but the franchise quarterback is probably not going to be something changing. And we talk all the time about the quarterback in the thirties, uh, of their age that has the down year, but it applies to any age when you have the down year, but you're a proven profile. That is the time to buy double down, triple down, you know, to use a stock market or stock show mentality of just, you know, you keep slamming the buttons, buy, 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 bull, 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 you know, that, that, that is the, the moment. And it feels like a lot of the dialogue is around Justin Herbert this week, but I think that still applies. I, Devontae Adams, right? I mean, he's kind of locked in there uh, in, in a jail situation. And when you're a stud that what I find hilarious is, you know, Devontae Adams can be averaging one, 1.98 or something yards per route run. And that's considered a down year for him. 
what a world, <laughs> like, how good are you? You know, that it's like, oh, things are horrible. And, and this is not what he signed up for. You know, I understand that, but Hey, if quarterback is the problem, they're going to do something to fix it. So uh, again, and, and he's an all timer profile. So to sell off on that, all I would say is be really careful. And we talk all the time about don't sell players just because of their age, just because you you're three and six right now. You know, you, you mentioned actually on one of the premium shows already in our recording session this week that, you know, you had a team zero and six, you're three and six, and you might be headed towards six and six, you know, by before this thing is done. So you have to be really careful about selling players that still have dynasty implications for you. Uh, next up, how about Keaton Mitchell? Uh, so we have different worlds. He's available in some of my leagues, not so much in your leagues, but he is a major talking point for redrafters, dynasty alike. And uh, what are some of your thoughts on Keaton Mitchell and what that kind of means and your dynasty machinery starts going on on his profile this week? Yeah, I mean, it's a classic. People are going to overbid on him. Uh, you look actually this week, it was, uh, you know, Gus Edwards kicking in a couple of touchdowns and went down in terms of his uh, his uh, his snap share right, and his, his uh, carries attempts. You look at a guy like, Keaton Mitchell, who's playing less than 20% of the snaps, gets 25% of the carries in this game uh, and cracks a big run and goes, you know, north of 100 yards. And it's actually Justice Hill in this game playing the most snaps of any running back that has played this year for Baltimore. So, like, there's a lot of this entire backfield, the entire season has been like, I'm not sure which week we're going to get which guy. Adding Keaton Mitchell into it, as well as like Gus Edwards playing less and Justice Hill playing more, only makes it more confusing. So I don't think it actually lines up for Keaton Mitchell to be a big time thing. And you can dial up all the research we've got on 190 pound running backs, right? That's also um, not the type of scenario that's going to produce big time results historically um, either. So color me pretty skeptical. I think he's going to be the big waiver bid guy where he's available this week, but I'm probably not going to be making those bids. Yeah. And one thing we talked about is he's already in some formats, you know, being traded for second round picks, which is such a massive upgrade of profile or just upgrade of liquidity of an asset that that's something if you've had him for a few weeks and some people are picking up again for far cheaper than what he'll go for this week um, already. So you already have some built in profit and, and positive uh, EV there from what could happen. And like you said, subsized running back uh, going into a known system. The biggest thing for me is, you know, you have to question all the upside. We had this discussion, what, 12, 18 months ago about J.K. Dobbins, right? That this is not a good running back offense. When you look at high leverage opportunities, you got the Lamar Jackson rushing factor. You've got a, a team that can score from distance and you've got a team that doesn't really give a ton of targets toward the running back position. So you put all those things together and you say, Oh, it's a committee. Well, I'm even less interested. Oh, well, it's a subsized guy that's not even playing on the right side of the 1A you know, split there. Oh, I'm really not interested. Keep going down this rabbit hole. Other than a guy that me run fast and me found hole on small, small volume, that's all we got so far. That's all we got. Low pedigree, subsized, and yet still people are buying all the way in on someone that was basically the running back three. Be very, very careful. Uh, finally, in the big three thoughts, Josh Dobbs. What a story. Um, I, I guess the end game question is, is he playing his way towards, I mean, does he have 2024 outs as a starter? Is that even possible? We saw Sam Howell this year. We've, we've seen uh, a number of day three or low pedigree guys work their way towards being clarified week one starters, whether it works out long-term or not. 
But Josh Dobbs walking in <laughs> and winning that game, he just got there. He was learning people's names, never taking a snap from the center, all these types of things. And he goes out there and, you know, draws, draws lines in dirt and, and wins the game, running around, making plays. Unbelievable. One of the better things I've seen at quarterback in a while. What an awesome story, right? I mean, just yeah, between him and Dario Gumbawale this, this week, just awesome stuff, right? Coming out of, you know, your team absolutely desperately needs something that that is highly improbable and you come through for them. Just like that's that's why we watch sports, like for those things to happen, for those amazing moments. And that was that to me, those were like the two things I came out like I came out of Sunday, like all amped up, even though the Bills lost because because of what we saw from Dobbs and and, and in that Houston game. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't like you look at some of the grading stuff, you look at all that, like it's not great for him. Um, I do find it interesting. Like he's on the, it's not the Mendoza line, but it's like on the line of quarterbacks that uh, is like good enough to start, but not be, um, you know, like a long-term trusted guy. And when teams are absolutely desperate, like they're in on you, but like there's little allegiance there. So, uh, you know, that's the thing that I find interesting. You, you've seen multiple teams sort of lean on him in key moments. And then actually like Tennessee last year, you would have thought that they would have been in on keeping him and let him walk in free agency. Um, you know, so all those things are kind of, I'm not sure what that says about him. Uh, but I do think like this situation in Minnesota, right? they don't have a clear out to get a guy. But there was some thought that maybe they'd be in on Kyler Murray and maybe still, maybe they still are uh, in the offseason. But like Cousins is a free agent. Like, again, I thought Dobbs coming in was like, hey, let's just give us some optionality, you know, this year and into the offseason. Um, it's a great story. Like, I don't know, like over under 15 and a half career starts for the rest of his career. Like, where do you lean on that? Um, I'll probably take under. Yeah. Just because, like, what you were just describing, like, sort of your your dating profile of him here in the uh, the early portion uh, of that, it struck me like it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like the way you were describing mm -hmm. that is yeah. post Buffalo Ryan Fitzpatrick. Of you saw some teams take a shot on him. You see him be an injury away, and then ultimately start huge swaths of time. But he lost as many games as he won. Like I'm like we talked on one of the premium shows this week about uh you know what is more indicative of quarterback play, you know the touchdown interception ratio or is it the big time throw ratio? Um and for, this is a classic example like he's gotten insanely lucky this year. He is 6 versus 16 this year. And yet he's won games, he's 10 over 5 touchdown to interception. So that is like if I was an NFL GM of being like, am I going to take a shot on this guy? Like in general, now Minnesota, like the, the I mean, they're in dire circumstances and they got into dire circumstances, but I almost wonder, like, is he going to make Justin Jefferson? What? Like the whole thought of is Jefferson coming back? You know, they're, they're currently in the playoffs. <laughs> like this is like Josh Dobbs and winning another game or two may be the reason that, we get full throttle Jefferson and, you know, like a big flourish at the end of the season. Plus, you know, again, just a little more dependable quarterback play. We don't know what we're going to get from Jaron Hall. Um, but no, I, I mean, like you said, Dobbs is probably not your plan, but it's awful nice to go back on this if you have to, because he can, you know, wild card win games. Like they had 
minimal business winning that game. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. What's that say about Arthur Smith, by the way, that they lost that? Like it's, it's with his smugness about some of the stuff yeah. that he that they ended up losing that game. Um by by the way, did you see the some of the comments that he made about Bijan Robinson this week about yeah, he's like really good with uh without the ball in his hands. And I'm like, what is he, a three and D wing? Like yeah, what, what is happening here? About? Without the ball in his hands. Yeah, I He's a great motion. He's a great motion guy. He really, he's really uh, distracts the defense. <laughs> yeah, speed motion. I think you can use and you can use Calvin Austin for that. You can do whatever you want. Right, right. Oh my goodness! But yeah, dot. So let me ask you this from from the dynasty lens. You're you're light at quarterback. Maybe your rotational QB two is Matthew Stafford and somebody else. You've got questions. You're light. You're right now grappling, trying to make the playoffs or solidify what you have going towards the playoffs. Is Josh Dobbs someone how, I mean, a second probably gets him easily. You maybe start with a third plus, but is he the type of guy you would go after? Or is he plan B or C of you explore, you know, the Jared Goff of the world and the other, you know, would you rather go after Taylor Heineke for, maybe a little bit less or similar price. Like if you're in that bucket, can't get the big boys done. Uh, if I can't get the big boys done, I'd like, I would default to, you know, you try and make a dynasty trade if you can, especially a quarterback, right? So can you get a guy like golf and then get, maybe that gives you some future flexibility would be sort of like my initial leaning there. Um, I could see taking a shot on a guy like Derek Carr as kind of like a buy low as well. Um, you know, sort of in that similar I just think they're a they're a tier higher, or multiple tiers higher than than Josh Dobbs is. But I do think like in that bucket of all right, who could be kind of rest of the season starters? I trust Josh Dobbs more than I trust Taylor Heineke, uh, yeah. especially with like who knows what's going to happen in Atlanta in any given day, let alone you know in in week fourteen when I actually might need to start Taylor Heineke. So um, I would, and again, I think Dobbs like as long as he stays healthy is going to be the guy there. Like they're going to try and make a playoff run and frankly might have a pretty good chance to do so. So um, yeah, so I'm interested in, and again, we'll see what the future brings for that. But like, do you, do you think he's drawing live to be the week one starter in 2024 there? Well, to me, it's a really good stopgap option. If things don't go as planned in trades or drafting or whatever, I mean, it gives you that fallback because we always forget, like we always say like, Oh, a team should just like, go in the tank, you know, and, and it's like, well, you really to get no representation for an NFL offense. We've seen that in, in certain situations where you just have no chance and to just dump everything you have going offensively for an extended amount of time, like no NFL team is really going to do that. So yeah, I mean, Dobbs to me, I mean, you saw Arizona do that, right? Like we want to have functionality, I just can't believe this guy's been on four teams in like six months. Like I, and yet he's performed above baseline from what everyone expected. We all like, why would Arizona make that trade? You know, why would they do this? Well, they saw what they had in Clayton tune and they're like, well, we need something else. You know, we need something different, something better. Um, I've actually seen, yeah, trade straight up for some thirds, you know, so that's not a bad option. Yeah, pretty decent, pretty decent offense. And if Jefferson comes back, I mean, you could be talking about a sneaky top 12 guy, you know, in some of these weeks, a streamer, especially out. So, yeah, but that's the exact type, right? You go cheap and then you try to 
headhunt for some big quarterback play, whether it's a trade or in the draft for Minnesota and get her done. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Uh, Speaking of uh, big time, uh, big time deals. And this one, it really got me chewing. So this is a, did I get enough? Jordan's going to answer in 3.2 seconds. Patrick Mahomes, Chris Godwin, for Anthony Richardson and Jamar Chase. No. Um, we can like Jamar Chase, like, but ultimately in super flex in two quarterback leagues, uh, you can replicate you know, the wide receiver. You can replicate 80% of the wide receiver and it doesn't really cost you times so like 80% of Mahomes. Like, you know, it's just that there's a big difference there in terms of like just security, long-term ceiling, all that stuff with a guy like Anthony Richardson. Um, you, you've got to be on the quarterback side. Like usually the way that these deals go, the, whatever difference that you get in wide receiver by moving down a quarterback is not worth it, right? That should just be like a general rule when you're making these deals. Um, it's got to be some egregious example of that. Uh, and so that would just sort of be the thing that I would say, like it has to be the quarterback's really close. Plus you're getting like, you know, we, we talked about this. I think we took a non Mahomes side last week um, and we've talked about like how it needs to be kind of multiple outs for that. I just don't, uh, this one doesn't strike me as really that. Yeah, the one thing I, I would point out is I do think Anthony Richardson is one of the players that there is a world that, and I think he might have been on that pathway this year before the injury, that if he plays four, five, six, seven weeks in a row next season, or maybe not even that much, that he can be one of those step-up players that he gives you access to all of those top quarterbacks in a trade and it may not even cost you Jamar Chase as the second piece. It may cost a naked future first. You may be able to get Justin Herbert in week three straight up or even get a plus. There are outcomes like that. So I, just, I, I would point that out. But I mean, I'm one of the biggest Chris Godwin fans out there. So to me, like you just said, the arbitraging wide receiver and saying, well, I'll quote unquote, figure that out when you, you don't have to figure it out, but just the idea that, well, I'll figure out other ways. I mean, you could have traded what a second round pick for Adam Thielen a month ago. I mean, you can, you can replicate production a lot easier. Like you said, finding something spending, you know, in September you spend, we, we just talked about that on another show, spending 25% of your waiver budget on uh, Kendrick Bourne, you know, that you can just get someone plug and play. So, yeah, Jamar Chase, losing him hurts, but not having Mahomes hurts a little more. Plus, you're giving up Mahomes this year, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, you're, you're going you're, to a non-starting quarterback. This, exactly. Yeah, you're capitulating this year if you're trading away Mahomes for this. So, yeah, I wouldn't I, – yeah, for all those reasons. like, And, again, it's worth noting while, while we're here talking about this, like if you're still breathing and there's there's tweets and, twi- and, and comments galore about this in the last 24 hours on Twitter – talking about like if you're not going all in to win this year like you're you should just be tanking basically um i'm not going to speak for you but i think that we agree on this like that's not really the approach that we take right we want a ton of balls in play right we we don't if we're you know if we're have a chance to make the playoffs right we're not tanking our team right we want to also get if you're two and seven i mean if you're two and seven assess what you have like what move are you actually making like so you're sitting there, you know, you got Devontae Adams, you've got Jonathan Taylor, you've got, I mean, let's say you, you've probably still got a decent team 
and you can have twists and turns. You might be above 50% in all play, but you're two and seven. So yeah, your, your, your die has already been cast for this season. Most likely you're, you, you could win out and you're still probably not making it. So uh, it's not going your way, but so you're trading those guys for what for picks. I mean, you're finding all injured guys. I mean, that whole pathway is not super clear because how many teams are going to be overly interested in what you're selling? And then do they have what you're looking for? They're later first. I mean, what's the format you're getting picks for guys like Jonathan Taylor. Be really careful with this stuff. Like you're trying to win next year too. Right. So, I mean, sometimes you just got to sit there, start your lineup and you might win two of the last five games or whatever it is. And there you go. I mean, you have one Oh three and you're not very good. and You had a bad draw, but you're you're reloading for next year. And that's kind of how it works. And you trying to get 101 by trading away your two best players. I don't know if that makes 101 worth it. <laughs> so doesn't really feel like it's I mean, we don't have Zeke out there looming. You know, it's not one of those years. It looks like it's more of a wide receiver at 101 year in your stock formats. And uh we are on the precipice of seeing Kyler Murray, it feels like. Uh so Kyler Murray trade enacted for this week. We got Kyler Murray for Daniel Jones, Roshan Johnson, 24 first, 25 second. That's cheap quarterback, right? I mean, I, give me Kyler Very, Murray. Yeah. Give me Kyler Murray. It's funny. We we wrap around, right? Not fans, then fans. It's all about price. Yeah. You get back in the day, well, offhanded, what do you think, what was Kyler Murray's peak? Peak powers in Dynasty. Did he ever get up in the top like three or four? Yeah, he was for a yeah. moment in time. So out on that, yeah. in in when it's mid-teens, <laughs> right? Very much in on that. By the way, our, How- fan- our friends over at Fantasy Calc right now, this is uh, 108 overall, 136 overall, and a future first for Kyler Murray. That's a that's a that's a crime in several states. <laughs> right, get you locked up. <laughs> um, yeah. How high? Yeah, the Daniel Jones part I find funny. I mean, you could argue this is basically trading him for a first. I mean, which is insanity. I mean, how high would that first need to be? You would trade him for 101, right? You mean take 101 over him? Yes. I would take 101 over him, yes. As the asset, as the dynasty asset. Yes. I'm I'm sure if it gets to 103, it's a lot more murky, right? Yeah. I mean, if this is anything that's like, if this doesn't have top one or two equity, I think it's, it's, it's Murray. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know. You just, you just look at the historical numbers. I mean, we just go back to base rates. Like, you know, the, the number one pick usually is around, you know, it's a top 20 pick. The number two pick is usually a top 30 pick. And then, you know, number three is usually about uh, like in right between, I think 36 and 40 is usually kind of where it falls historically. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit better this year. We'll see. Um, but I, you know, generally speaking, like that's, and again, if it's better, like if it's better and it's a receiver, that's usually a danger zone. Right? And again, you're taking, all right, what would I rather take Marvis Harrison Jr. Or would I rather take Kyler Murray? Like in a super flex format, you better be taking Kyler Murray over the, over the rookie uh, wide receiver. So again, yeah, unless it's got like 101 or 102 equity in it, that's like pretty strong. I'm taking, I'm taking uh, Murray over that package. Okay. And last one, because again, uh, we, it seems like we had a theme this year of quarterbacks not playing versus quarterbacks playing. And so this last one was a straight up deal that I found interesting. Got Geno Smith traded for Kirk Cousins. So Geno Smith has been like one of the more disappointing fantasy quarterbacks relative to how he's actually performed, which is 
interesting. Again, he's coming off a really bad game. Um, by the way, if you're in need at quarterback, like I would probably be interested in buying low on him, uh, would be another one that I would think about, like in that in that golf kind of conversation that we had uh, a little bit ago. Again, he's underperforming. He's almost 50% below. Um, he is actually 50% below his touchdown expectation this year. So um, that's like a big difference there uh, in terms of all of that. Like, Again, I think that those things tend to regress back towards their mean over time. Uh, so again, I st- and and you look at all of kind of his fundamentals as well. Like they're not as bad as he's playing right now. So all of that would be like I think I would take I think I would take Gino over Cousins, um, especially if I have like it, especially if I'm in a team that lost Cousins. That I was compete I was competitive. I lost Cousins, and now I'm like, all right, do I take? Tyler Heineke and try to roll him out there or do I trade cousins for Geno Smith? That's probably how this happened would be what my assumption. I would trade cousins for Geno Smith and keep my contending window open this year. If your contending window is closed this year, would you do the opposite? It's so interesting because I don't know what cousins is going to be. And like, I know Geno Smith is going to be the, I have pretty strong conviction that Geno Smith is going to be the 2024 starting quarterback for Seattle. Um, I don't know what Kirk Cousins is going to be. So you're trading in, I think I'd take Geno over Cousins. If he was going to be the quarterback for the Vikings, would you do the trade? Um, I would. And I wasn't contending. Yeah. Right, so I would take Cousins I if, I, if I knew he was going to play for the Vikings, I would do it. Yes, right. Yes, I would. I would agree with that. But we but know that that's a lot not even fifty-fifty. Probably, if we're assessing market conditions, right? And I, I've actually seen some some reporting this week. I forget who who said it, but it was a bigger name that said basically, you know, that this increases his odds of returning back to Minnesota because it probably makes him cheaper, right? Like, it didn't know, make so. Dak cheaper. But yeah, but Dak was in his prime, like Cousins is in his mid thirties, okay. right? I think that's a different, you know. And again, how many buyers are there for Cousins right now? Like, you know, is Atlanta a team for Cousins? Like, I don't know. You look around, like I'm not sure how many. I don't think Washington reunion is probably going to happen. Like, you know, there's there's a finite number of teams that are going to be in on Cousins because you're going to need to win right now. And and you're need, and it's going to be a big cap hit, right? Like, right. 40, could a 49 ers swing it? Like, could they even? They seem to just print money. It's kind of incredible. Um, I I would imagine that they would rather have Brock Purdy on a rookie deal than Kirk Cousins paying him thirty five yeah. million dollars. Um, they do have uh, not much money next year in cap space, yeah. so I don't know if they could swing it. Yeah, but see, these are the types of moves you know that you know you talk about making a dynasty trade, but it's also one where you can, this is how you can turn points now to points later or shift, shift your timeline for players that it may have a tangible, but you know, this might be honestly, you trade Geno Smith for Kirk cousins. It may be Geno Smith and one Oh four for Kirk cousins and one Oh two, you know? So I think you do need to think of it that way. Like if you are out of it, you do have to look at uh, potential points or whatever the methodology is and say, well, cause in some, you might be like, well, there's not much that's going to happen. You know, it's a hundred point difference between this spot and this spot. So it's not worth it. You know, and another one, you may look and you'd be like, this is really tight between three or four teams and a small trade here or there may make the difference. So uh, making a trade or trying to shift off some of your marginal guys for picks or whatever. So keep all that in mind. You mentioned him in passing, but are from life and dynasty lessons learned. 
Darren Gumbawale. I mean, what a story this week of basically always be ready. Um, and he was a linchpin. Uh, you got to see Houston play a different kind of football with uh, their kicker getting injured. But you know what? They circled back fourth and 11 from the 11 tie game. And they needed Darren Gumbawale at that point in time to make the kick. And he did it. <laughs> like just, just an incredible, incredible thing. Um, again, his kicker, a journeyman, has just been, you know, uh, bouncing around the league for a while now. And you probably would have thought, like, coming into the season, all right, he's playing for Houston, like, not really playing for much, like, is absolutely playing for something uh, with this team right now. So I think it's it's super uh, – like, those are the good stories, right? You talk about, like, Josh Jobs, you talk about Darian Waller. Like, those are the things that make you, like, as fans, get, you know, excited. You know, it's just – I'm sorry if you were rooting for uh, Tampa Bay in that game. But, like, those those are great stories in from just a, you know, beyond a dynasty player uh, thing. Like, those are just great stories to just experience as a, as a watcher of sports. But, yeah, always be ready. Right. Like you never know when that that time is going to time is going to come for this, you know, this uh, skill that you don't use very often. Right. And sometimes like that can be a really, really big payoff. So um, for sure. Yeah, I remember uh, a good when he was in Tampa. That's when I remember him most. But he actually started out in Houston. He went Houston, Tampa, Washington, Tampa, Jacksonville, back to Houston. And so he's been. He's been there multiple times and he's always been that player. I mean, who would have guessed he's had a six or seven year run now of an NFL career as a relatively nomadic player, a bit player. He's had some opportunities and he was, you know, far more established as a, a, a Wisconsin running back, you know, from when I remember him coming out and just again, now, you know, we're going to, this is going to be part of what his story is. You know, that he was an NFL running back, but one of the rare positional players that actually made, you know, now like, uh, who is it? Uh, Doug Flutie. And we also had uh, someone else that, you know, makes a kick, makes a kick in the NFL, a rare opportunity there. So West uh, unbelievable stuff. Yeah. West Walker, right. And you, and, you, and you said, always be ready. And I think the dynasty takeaway is be ready for those opportunities. We talk about when someone puts out trade bait, we talk about when an opportunity presents itself to get, you know, Josh Allen is accessible, you know, or Justin Herbert is accessible or Mahomes is accessible and you do what you can to get them. You know, I, you, you talked about, you made a trade to get, I believe it was Josh Allen. You're just like, you got to make this deal. You know, I, I hollowed out this, uh, this orphan team to acquire Patrick Mahomes, you know, already having Josh Allen. So th th that's how my journey is going to be in with that team. And you do what you have to do because of, of the opportunity, because you will be in plenty of leagues and I still, it flummoxes me. I'm in one right now that I drafted CJ Stroud as a Debbie. And I've been so surprised that I have not been able to capitalize of turning him into one of those super superpowers. And I figure this is the, the week I will know for sure if it is absolutely like it is crazy how tepid the market has been for how good of a start uh, CJ Stroud has had. But this is the week I will find out for sure if if he is able to draw that because this is the week uh, coming off of down games for guys like that and and the best game so far for CJ Stroud. So, um, but be open to all those opportunities and you may not be thinking trades this week, but that might be the week that they are available to you in that given league. So 
like Darren Gubuale, always be ready. Uh, what's on the premium side of, of Dynasty Think Tank this week, uh, Jordan? Uh, Patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank. We, had a, we went deep. We were almost two hours of premium content this week uh, and talking about uh, in our deeper dive show. We took a couple questions. We had a, uh, a discussion about uh, broader dynasty strategies. Uh, and then in the after hour show, we went right in talking. Um, I had an apology to, to Houston. So that is how it started. <laughs> Chad was like, do I know you? And that was how it went. So we went uh, far afield on that show as well, uh, talking about quarterbacks and, and and the like there. So got a ton of stuff here covered for you for this week. Again, it's a stretch run, right? And we actually did a, a, d- a dive as well on um, who could be the Tim Hightower, who could be the Damian Williams, right? Who are the storylines? Like if we're looking – what could happen in eight weeks that that changes the the geometry of a dynasty game and of a dynasty league championship because of a couple of things happening? You've got to be in on that and thinking about that. Like I'll discuss on the premium side this week. So and now's the time to to really get in on that and and you know for the stretch run be optimized in your team. Love that. Yeah. The thing we, we don't say enough part of this, you know, backup running back infused into your lineup. What we don't talk about a lot and it gets uh, multiplied in the playoffs is that starter could be subtracted from a team in the draw. So you're in it. Maybe it's not the team you're playing, but maybe it's the team on the other side and they're the favorite and they go down because they lost their running back one. You gained a running back one uh, that is now on your team. So that plus minus, uh, you know, is, is always in play uh, with, with subtraction from your competitors. Thanks so much for listening this week on Dynasty Think Tank. You can follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL and at McNamara Dynasty. Plus, we have our own Dynasty content streams, analyticsofdynasty.com and uthdynasty.com. As always, unlock your ceiling outcomes and seek elite results. 